So we do want to thank you for joining us today. This is week three. In our study of what we believe. Every week we start off with our little call to worship video that kind of reminds us that our identity can be centralized around what we believe. What we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world around us, and even what we believe about in God. And so understanding that, learning that, can be essential to knowing who we are. By the Salvation Army had put out a series called Equipped for Battle where it takes time looking at our 11 doctrines and some different position statements of our faith so that we can understand and in reviewing that we decided here to look at it because how many of us know the reason for, that we believe the Bible. The reason that we believe in one God. How many of us can understand it? And so we've been spending the past two weeks covering our first two doctrines. That the Salvation Army believes that our beliefs of the whole Christian church we believe in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God and that they only constitute a divine rule of Christian faith and practice. And then we believe that there is only one God who is infinitely perfect, the creator, preserver, and governor of all things, and who is the only proper object of religious worship. Which brings us to week three. I'll admit when I was new to the Army, as a soldier or even as a cadet or a lieutenant, Doctrine 3 was always intimidating, especially when people would ask us to speak about it, to explain it. And I'll talk about why a little further in our sermon and our message, but we're going to look at what Doctrine 3 says now. We believe that there are three persons in the Godhead the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. If you are a Christian, you believe in the Trinity. Whether you understand it or not is a completely different subject. If I were to ask you guys, how many of you could explain to me the Trinity, who would be willing to attempt it? Surprisingly, no hands go up. It is one of the most challenging discussions Christians can have 
And oftentimes they shy away from it because they think it's too deep, too theological. It's too much. But we've said it before, if you don't understand what you believe in enough to be able to explain it to somebody else, then what do you really believe? You have to be able to know it well enough for yourself to be able to share it. And so that brings us to today. Now, how have people explained it in the past? Because, let's face it, Christianity's been around for over 2,000 years. This is not the first time, nor the last time, that the Trinity will be addressed. In fact, scriptures speak on it. John 15, 26. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So we see the Father, the Spirit, and who else? John. It's in the book of John. It's a New Testament. So who do you think we see? Who's missing from the Trinity? God the Father. God the Spirit. God the Son. God the Son. It's Jesus. Right. First Peter 1, 2. Who has been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. For obedience in Jesus Christ and sprinkling and sprinkling by his blood. The New Testament is rich with things about the Trinity. It references to it. But a lot of people don't see it in the Old Testament. The truth of the matter is, this is why it's essential for you to know what you believe. Because if you know what you believe, you would know and see it. For instance, Genesis 1-2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. But look at it, right? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So who did we just find? The Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Spirit. God's acting force, the Spirit of God. Or how about Genesis 1, 26? This gets a lot of discussion. Sometimes language teachers think that the verbiage is just wrong. But back in Doctrine 1, we believe that the scriptures were inspired by God, right? So we're going to go with the verbiage is not wrong. Genesis 1.26 Then God said, let What's that word? Us Make man in Our image In our likeness And let them rule over the earth Now If you know anything about language Us and our They're all called what kind of They're plural, right? Yeah. Plural denotes more than what? 
More than one. More than one, right? So there we are in Genesis. With God revealing the Trinity to man. We have become so confused, though, because we try to explain it in our limited understanding. For instance, we've tried a math equation. One plus one plus one equals three. Yeah, it does equal three, but we try to say it equals one. Zero logical people were like, yeah, that doesn't help us. That does not, that's not right. <laughs> or we use illustrations like how one person can be three things. For instance, a man could be a father, a son, a husband, a brother. He can have multiple titles, right? And be different things to different people. For scientists, we talk about water and how it can have three states. It's a solid when it's frozen as ice. It's a liquid when it's water. And when it evaporates, it's a gas and it becomes steam. So it could be three things, but they don't do justice. Because they are not the three things at the same time. We've even tried a circle illustration. God is Father, is the Son, is the Spirit. But it, what we've done is confuse Christians to the point where we think that the doctrine of the Trinity is too deep for basic Christians to understand. In fact, sadly enough, there are pastors out there, ministers, who are too intimidated to even preach on. But we're going to do our best to look at it a little deeper. One of the reasons we don't understand the Trinity is because we have nothing to really compare it to. All of those illustrations and examples that we try to use that have been used in the past fail short. And honestly, we learn best by experiencing things, understanding comes through comparison sometimes and being able to relate it to our own experiences. And so when we can't really relate the doctrine of the Trinity to something in our own lives, in our own knowledge, then we fail to understand it. It's like the story of a man who was going on a missions team. He visits the people indigenous to the region, and they were very primitive where they lived, and they had never seen an airplane or a helicopter before. So when the man goes, I got here by a helicopter. They're like, well, what is that? Describe it to us. Tell us about it. And so he thinks about things that they would understand. 
Well, a helicopter flies like a bird. But it's not a bird. Because wings don't flap. They just spin above it. Like a leaf in the wind. But it's not light like a leaf. It's made of something hard and heavy like stone. And it's not small. It's big enough to carry a lot of people. But because they had no comparison from their own knowledge, the village people had no idea what he was talking about. They couldn't even picture it. They were picturing this crazy giant stone bird with wings spinning above its head. And we're convinced that the man was crazy. Another danger, and we've talked about this when we talk about Doctrine 1, or Doctrine 2, when we believe that there is only one God. When we were talking about that, we talked about the belief about how we adapt and accept and integrate different beliefs into the belief of God. And that's a danger we can face when it comes to understanding the Trinity. We sang that song earlier, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. But the danger that sometimes happens when we talk about the Trinity and when people are trying to understand it is that they don't get that in, that God had three in one. They see him as three different gods. And we talk about that when there's a belief in more than one god. It's called something different. Polytheism. Something, there's some religions, in fact, that when it comes to trying to understand the Trinity, they fell short to the point where it influences their doctrine. So that they don't believe in the Trinity, they believe in something completely different. For instance, some believe that the Trinity is three gods. The Father, Jesus, and even Mary. Trinity. So that they say something different. 
so that they speak out against the belief in the Trinity. And I can't help but wonder if it was because their founder was so intimidated by trying to explain it to his followers that he said, you know what? Something so complicated can't be right. And he made a call himself. They deny the divinity of Christ in order to believe in one God because they don't understand the Trinity. And even some Christians, we don't think about the doctrine of the Trinity to the point where we try to even understand it. We don't see God as three in one, but simply as three. For instance, we can see this sometimes in our prayer life. How we choose to pray, who we pray to. Having a tendency even to pray to one over the other. And so before we get any further, I want you to take a moment and think about how you understand the Trinity. we're going to delve a little deeper into it. So that hopefully by the end of it, you can understand it. And however, whatever misconceptions you may have, have been clarified. Christian Shorts wrote a book called The Threefold Art of Experiencing God. He's a German theologian and studier. And he says something interesting. He says, instead of concentrating on the relationship between the three people, let's go back to how we talked about the first part. You know, you need to be able to relate it to ourselves to understand it. So, instead of concentrating on the relationship between the three of them, think about the relationship of the three of them to us and how they work, our experience with them, our experience with God the Father, our experience with the Son, our experience with the Holy Spirit. Not that different people perceive God differently, but more that God can reveal himself in different ways to us. In fact, in the very person of the Trinity, God is revealing himself through different things. We see the creative power, the all-powerful God who has created the heavens and the earth, the stars, the skies, and who knows the number of hairs on our head. We see him revealed to us through God the Father. We see the offer of salvation, redemption, salvation that can be ours through the blood, through Jesus the Son. And we can see the holiness of the Spirit, the holiness of God through that. I 
understanding that God is revealing himself to us as man in a way, relating to us through experiences that we can understand and comprehend. Nature. The Father is recognized through his creation in the natural world. Through history, the Son entered human history by becoming a human being. An experience. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We have become a temple, a place. And we can experience the Holy Spirit living daily in our lives. The world around us informs us as these sources of revelation. Science can inform us about nature, but we do have to be careful. Because sometimes science, just like the understanding of the Trinity, can get a little confusing. confusing. It is constantly in flux. It contradicts itself, as well as the Bible even. People are saying one thing one day, and then the next day they'll come out and say they were wrong. Science is subjective. And it's important for us to understand that even though the world around us, including science, may change, that is not the case with God or his word. 1 Peter 1.25 says that the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. God doesn't change. We see the Bible describes God's involvement in human history. Through the ministry and life of Jesus. And our experiences with the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. And the blessings that we have received. Some of the blessings we heard about during our testimony time. Confirm the reality of our faith in who we believe in. To emphasize one person of the Trinity and to neglect the others can be dangerous. Almost all religions will emphasize a father, creator. But we need to be aware of the common grounds this can come with. Almost everyone will agree that there is a creator behind everything. But especially in today's world, where it's become a melting pot of beliefs, we need to make sure that what we believe in is not a mixture of religions and worldviews, but in from doctrine one, two, the one God who is infinitely perfect, the creative observer and governor of all things. He is the only proper object of religious worship. We've become a society that is afraid of offending others. And so we accept everything. 
even during a World Day of Prayer service, a Christian World Day of Prayer service. They wanted to be very inclusive. Does that name stay the same? It does, it varies. And so what they did was include prayers to Mother Earth, which is a God figure that replaces God, the Father. And so even they fell into that trap of in their efforts to be inclusive and accepting to all. They lost sight of what they believed. In order to appreciate God and the world around us, we don't have to accept the beliefs of the world around us. Through scriptures and daily experiences, we can become sure of what we believe. When we neglect those things, though, we can tend to be influenced by the other things in our lives. When we see Jesus, the Savior, we see how God intervened in human history for our salvation. We were condemned to die through the wages of sin. but have now been given a chance to live. Jesus has come to save the world. And it's important for us as Christians to be able to share that. To be evangelist of what we believe so that others may know. We need to understand that Jesus is the living word. God's revelation through the written word, the Bible, is the final authority. It goes back to our doctrine one. That the scriptures of the Old and New Testament constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice, and that they alone are able to do that. understand, though, that understanding these things, understanding the doctrine of the Trinity is no substitute for a relationship. Relationship with God. Our Father. The Son. And then the Holy Spirit, the source of holiness and power, God in us. Through the Holy Spirit, we can personally experience God. Because the Holy Spirit deals so personally with us. Personal spiritual experience tends to be the most important thing in our lives. 
We have it every Sunday. We have a time of testimony of the blessings that we have experienced with God. But it's important for us that in that relationship, in that personal experience, we still use the Bible as a measuring stick as a ruler, as a guide. We don't want to become distracted or accepting of other things in our lives that can distract us and confuse us. Sadly, if you look at the world today, even at Christianity, there are issues that so many Christians don't even realize sometimes. In an effort to not offend people, we've accepted everything to the point where it has begun to influence what we claim to believe. So let us determine here and now today that the world will not get to tell us, influence us, what we believe. That we will use the Bible as a rule. and to not mix Christianity with non-Christian thinking. But also, let us be careful not to get so bogged down in the belief that the Bible is to be followed to the very letter, to the point where we openly condemn people who don't. Because let us remember that we have been given an opportunity to be free from sin. To maintain our joy. And to have a relationship with God. And finally, let us never let our own personal experiences or what the world tries to tell us. To overwhelm what the Bible does. To influence or to even detract from it. <laughs> Many people may be living a good life and it still not be biblically pleasing to God. And that's because they have lost sight of what they believe. But the Trinity can help us find balance in our lives. God, one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can experience each person in the Trinity in the way he chooses to
to reveal himself to us at different times in our lives. We should enjoy and protect our environment, but avoid mixing non-Christian ways of thinking with our own beliefs. We should study God's revealed plan of salvation and holiness without neglecting the person of Jesus Christ. And we should enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives without limiting the authority of God's word over us. Let us be able to worship one God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in spirit and in truth. We're going to take this time in prayer. And as the song plays, what do you believe? How is it influencing your life?
Heavenly Father, we come before you now. Help us to understand what we believe. To understand how you reveal yourself to us as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Be with us now. Dwell within us as the Spirit. Allow us to live a life that has been redeemed by the Son. And to enjoy the works of your creation, God, in the world around us. Father, send the Spirit to move among us, to live within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.